The Baltimore Orioles over the weekend played one of their best series of the year, taking three out of four from the Chicago White Sox. And I'm going to get you my three big takeaways from the weekend, including Spencer Watkins coming back, Jonathan Arius making his name known, and the Orioles' middle relievers doing some good things for the O's. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles. Your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, June 27th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look back at the Orioles' four-game series in Chicago, taking three out of four from the Chicago White Sox, specifically focusing on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, in which the O's took two out of three to win the series. And I'm going to get you my three big takeaways from the weekend. First, talking about Spencer Watkins doing something the Orioles really needed him to in Saturday's start. Then we'll chat about Jonathan Arauz, who made his Orioles debut on Saturday and then really impressed on Sunday and may get a longer run with the Big League Ball Club. And finally, we'll talk about two middle relievers, Joey Crable and Brian Baker, who maybe aren't getting enough positive press in terms of how good this Orioles bullpen has been. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And before we get to the O's talk, just want to thank you once again for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms Monday through Friday, five days a week. We've got a new episode, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you give a five-star rating and a review, that really helps out the pod. And also, if you're watching here on the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel, we thank you so much for that. As you can notice, a little bit of a different background here, that's how it will be all throughout this week. Bear with me uh, as we are podcasting from the road this week, but uh, we'll continue to bring you the content here on Locked on Orioles. And thanks again for making the pod your first listen of the day. And for your first listen today, Orioles and White Sox, a four-game series over the weekend, and the O's take three out of four from the Sox. Now, it started with a 4-0 win on Thursday night, which we recapped on Friday's episode. If you want to hear about that big win, go back and listen to Friday's pod. We won't really touch much on Thursday night's win, but we'll get to closer Friday's 4-1 win, Saturday's 6-2 win, and then the series finale in which the O's lost 4-3 on Sunday as the O's take 3-4 and now sit 34-40 and overall on the season. I'll get you my three big takeaways, starting with my first big takeaway from the weekend, that the Orioles are going to need more of that from Spencer Watkins. And now, what was that? That was five innings pitched and no earned runs in his start on Saturday. Now, Watkins, who, of course, uh, a little over a month ago was struck on the wrist by a comeback or a line drive, went on the 15-day IL, took him a little longer to come back, and when he did, the Orioles sent him directly to AAA Norfolk. Now, he made three starts in Norfolk down there, and we knew he was 
potentially an option to start this weekend for the Orioles because the O's for the first time needed a starter after sending Bruce Zimmerman down to AAA to work on his mechanics. And we figured Watkins was the guy, and Watkins did start on Wednesday night for Norfolk, but they pulled him after one scoreless inning to keep him fresh for this weekend. At that point, we pretty much knew Watkins was going to be the guy. And so Watkins was activated back to the roster on Saturday. Marcos Duplan was optioned to AAA in the corresponding move. He was only up for a couple of days uh, just to be an extra bullpen arm and did not pitch in those two days. He was up with the team in Chicago. But Watkins is put on the roster and has to start. And he was looking like the guy he looked like kind of early this season. Final line for Spencer Watkins, he goes five innings, allowing just five hits and one unearned run on the day. It was two errors by the Oriole defense in the third inning of that game on Saturday that allowed the only run to score. He struck out four, walked only one, and you know, he only threw 78 pitches in this game and allowed only four hard-hit balls in five innings. You know, Theoretically, if he wasn't coming, he wasn't right off the injured list because he had pitched three times in AAA, but in a different part of the year, in a different you know sense of game, he might pitch into the sixth inning, but, you know, it was a two-to-one Oriole lead after five. The bullpen was fairly rested, and the O's felt pretty comfortable going to the pen to get 12 outs. But in terms of what the good was from Watkins, well, he was throwing strikes, and he got 12 whiffs. It's a really, really good number for Spencer Watkins. 12 whiffs on 38 swings in just 78 pitches. And the thing that was really positive is that while his fastball velocity was down, the effectiveness seemed to be up for Spencer Watkins. He threw four-seam fastballs the most. 28 of his pitches were four-seamers. That was 36% of the time. And on 13 swings, he got six whiffs on that four-seamer. And listen, the velo was at 90.6. He maxed out at just 92. You know, he was averaging 92, 93 earlier in the year before the injury. So that's a little concerning, but it was more effective. He was hitting his corners. He was hitting his spots. That's the Spencer Watkins we saw when he was good when he first came up in 2021. Yeah, he was only throwing 90-91 like he did on Saturday, but he was hitting his spots. Now, earlier this year, he was 92-94, maybe not hitting as many spots. So it'll be interesting to see if the velo goes down and the command goes up like it did on Saturday. And then he got two whiffs on the cutter, two on the slider, and two on the curveball. Even threw a couple of change-ups in there, used five different pitches, mixed them well, and kept the White Sox off balance. And at the end of the day... You know, Spencer Watkins is going to be in this rotation for a little bit. You know, at this point, he took Bruce Zimmerman's spot, who is still working things out in AAA, has made one appearance down there so far with varying results. But if you look at the rest of the state of the rotation, John Means out for the year. Grayson Rodriguez, probably not going to pitch in the big leagues this year with his injury. Of course, Zimmerman in AAA. I don't think we'll see him till after the All-Star break. And then, you know, you have D.L. Hall, who is struggling and is probably, you know, lengthening his timeline to get to the bigs. He pitched in AAA on Sunday, did Hall, three and a third inning, seven runs on six hits, two Ks, five walks, and a homer. You're not coming to the big leagues five days after that. So it's going to take a little more seasoning for D.L. Hall. And then you add in, you know, guys like Mike Bauman are basically relievers at this point. Alexander Wells is still hurt. Zach Lowther, we know, has been a disaster this year. He's not an option. So all these guys you have on the 40-man as potential options are just kind of not there. And so Watkins was going to be the guy at least until Bruce came back. Then you add on basically the reason why Watkins and Austin Voth had to start this weekend is Voth ended up starting the Friday game and pitching three solid innings. Kyle Bradish went on the injured list as the O's put Bradish 
on the IL before Thursday's game. Now, it was a 15-day injury list stint. They called it right shoulder inflammation. It was retroactive to June 21st, so it won't be too long a stint. And Bradish did talk to the media before Sunday's game and did say that he feels good and feels like it'll be just that exact 15 days and he'll be back off the injury list. Brandon Hyde said it might take a few more days, more than 15, but they don't expect it to be a long-term absence for Bradish. But he was struggling, and you're still going to miss, you know, three starts of Bradish's turn. So you got to go to Spencer Watkins. And now your rotation is Tyler Wells, Jordan Lyles, Dean Kramer, Austin Voth, who hasn't pitched more than three innings in a start, and Spencer Watkins. So you're going to need these strong innings from Spencer Watkins. And if it's going to be five innings, it's going to be five innings. But he can give you no earned runs or one run. The bullpen can handle the rest. It's been so good. And so at the end of the day, the O's loved that start. I love that start from Watkins on Saturday. We're not expecting much from a you know career minor leaguer who's 30 years old. But if he can get that, especially against a, at least a solid offense in the Chicago White Sox, the O's can try and still get through this tough spot of starting pitching that they are in. But Watkins was not the only guy who was added to the Orioles roster before Saturday's game. They also made another roster move, adding Jonathan Arauz to the roster for the first time with the O's this season. And he started both games Saturday and Sunday, and I was pretty impressed. Not a lot of ABs, but I liked what I saw. So coming up next, we'll talk about the performance from Arauz in his Orioles debut and what his role could be moving forward, and is there a spot for him in the Oriole infield throughout the rest of of this season. But first, got to tell you about Athletic Greens. And AG1 from Athletic Greens is a product that I literally use every day and many do as well. And I started taking AG1 because, well, I wanted better gut health and more energy for this podcast and an optimized immune system as well. But many ask, you know, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, just supports everything. And, you know, you can fit AG1 into any diet. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. And it supports better sleep quality as well. It's got so many pluses. And plus that, costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than, than getting a coffee every day. And AG1 Athletic Greens it was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues, ended up on a complicated supplement routine, cost $100 a day, and then created Athletic Greens and solved that problem. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by BlueNile.com. If you are looking for that engagement ring, you're ready to pop the question, or you're just celebrating a milestone moment, you can find jewelry as unique as her with this huge selection, unique selection, and modern convenience 
of online shopping at BlueNile.com. They've got simple online tools that help you choose the shape, the size, and the clarity of the diamond. And if you have questions, if you don't know what you should be looking for, if you don't know what is going to be the best piece for you or for her, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat, to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Orioles listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. So use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. So the Orioles take three out of four from the Chicago White Sox over the weekend. I'm getting you my three big takeaways from the weekend series. And, you know, we talked about Spencer Watkins coming back onto the roster and impressing. But a guy who joined the roster for the first time and impressed was Jonathan Arreuz. And my second big takeaway from the weekend is that Arreuz, you know, won't be a huge contributor, but could be something for the Orioles. Because we talked a couple of weeks ago when the O's claimed Arreuz on waivers off the Boston Red Sox. He's been kind of back and forth between AAA and the bigs with Boston since he made his major league debut during the 2020 season. And, you know, as a utility infielder, can play second, short, and third. A switch hitter, only 23 years old. You know, a solid hitter, not a lot of power, and is a, is a pretty good defender, you know, at each of those positions. But we didn't really know what his role would be because... The O's wanted some more infield depth, and we know they're always looking to claim infielders on waivers. But, you know, with Mateo and Odor and Tyler Nevin and now Richie Martin getting a chance, we weren't really sure where he would fit in. And Arius, you know, initially went to AAA Norfolk, played a few games there, and then he got the call up on Saturday. What was interesting is the Orioles actually optioned Ryland Bannon back to AAA Norfolk on Saturday to make room for Arius. And the reason that's interesting is that, you know, Bannon came up earlier this week when the rosters flipped to 13 pitchers and 13 hitters. Bannon came up to be that 13th hitter. And we figured, you know, Bannon would be up. He'd play every few days and he'd be on the team until Ramon Arias returned from the injured list after his oblique injury had healed. But Bannon came up on Tuesday and Bannon did not play in any of the four games he was on the roster for. Tuesday through Friday, not only was he not in any starting lineups, but he didn't play in any of those games. And we saw guys like Richie Martin, you know, getting at bats over him the entire week. And so he's up for four days, doesn't even appear in a game, and down he goes. And listen, Arius brings more versatility. He can play shortstop, Bannon can't. He's a switch hitter, Bannon only hits from the right side, and Arius is a better defender at all three positions. So I get why it's a little concerning because you feel like Bannon's more of an Orioles prospect, whereas Arius is a waiver claim, but Arius is younger and might have more potential at this point than Ryland Bannon. So Arius gets the start at second base on Saturday, and yeah, he goes 0 for 4 with a strikeout, but he squared up two balls. He had two hard hit balls in the Saturday win, and you know, he made a nice defensive play, looked solid at second base, and I liked what I saw. And, you know, he's also on this team now because Rugnetto Dor right now is dealing with some back issues, hasn't started in a while. Uh, he did pinch hit in the ninth inning on Sunday and struck out, really in a of course a big spot. You know, the O's had we're down 4-1 in the ninth. They loaded the bases with nobody out. It was a 4-2 game. Odor pinch hits for Martin and, and really strikes out in a huge, huge spot where the O's could have just used a, a sack fly there and maybe they end up tying the game. But Odor is definitely still not 100%, so you need a guy who can play second. And Arius does that while also giving you some backup at shortstop and at third 
as well. And so he's right back in the lineup Sunday. They give Tyler Nevin the day off. Richie Martin starts at second, and RU starts at third. What does he do? Well, he goes two for four. He hits a solo home run in the third inning, becoming the 38th Oriole ever to have their first Orioles hit be a home run. It was a solo shot out to right center field on a breaking ball. And then he also singled in the ninth inning, came up with the bases loaded and nobody out, and uh, knocks an RBI single into center that made it a 4-2 game. Also had a strikeout, but had the two RBIs and made a really big defensive play in this game. You know, the White Sox had loaded the bases with one out in the bottom of the eighth. We're looking to put the game away. We're already up 4-1, to one, and Arius has basically a great unassisted double play to end the inning and keep it 4-1 and then got the big knock in the top of the ninth. You know, he drove in two of the three Orioles' runs on Sunday. I don't think he's some big-time piece where he's going to be a starter down the stretch. You know, Mateo's going to get more chances. Nevin's going to get more chances. Obviously, when Ramon Arias comes back, we're not really sure when that is. He's doing baseball activities. He's swinging, but I wouldn't think he will join the O's in Seattle. I'd say at the very earliest, maybe next weekend, we see Arias back in the lineup. But until then, Arias is going to get this chance here. And even when Arias comes back, you know, Arius, I think, is a better Major League Baseball player than Richie Martin. And he maybe gives you more on the table than Richie Martin does. So if Arius keeps impressing like this, and he's not going to start every day, so he's not going to get all these chances, especially if Odor, you know, gets back to 100% in Seattle this week. But I could certainly see Jonathan Arius holding his roster spot even when Arias comes back and Richie Martin being set back down to AAA. I, I think at this point... If Urias was ready to come back tomorrow, I would choose Arius over Martin at this point, and he could even further that case as he plays throughout this week. So just something to monitor. Again, not going to be a, a starter, and hopefully at some point Jordan Westberg and Gunnar Henderson are maybe in the big leagues for the Orioles this year. But as a placeholder, he's 23 years old. He's a switch hitter. Take a chance on him, and the Orioles did, and looked good through two games so far. But that's a guy, you know, in Jonathan Arius, just... The point is, don't sleep on him, because he could be maybe a piece as another waiver claim infielder by Mike Elias and the Orioles. But speaking of guys who shouldn't be slept on, you know, we know how good the Oriole bullpen has been. Orioles fans know how good the Oriole bullpen has been. Even national media starting to realize how good the Orioles bullpen has been. But a lot of attention, completely fairly, is going to Jorge Lopez having one of the best seasons in baseball as a reliever. He's going to be an all-star. To Felix Bautista, this huge dude throwing 102 on the mound. Totally get why those guys are getting all of the attention. Even Keegan Aiken's getting a lot of attention because he's resurrected his career as kind of this fireman swingman role. But there's a couple of guys in middle relief who I think aren't getting enough attention. And they showed this weekend why they should. That's Joey Crable and Brian Baker. And I'll talk about those two guys coming up in just a second. But first, let's talk about BetOnline.com. Net, your one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, as I record this, we're about 20 minutes away from Game 6 puck dropping. So, if the Lightning won last night as you're listening to this, well, you can get all your Game 7 odds and lines at betonline.net. But if there's no more NHL, you've still got Major League Baseball, and you've still got UFC, MMA, boxing, you've still got golf, still a whole lot going on at betonline.net. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering info, including live betting, even esports, and you get scores, you can get podcasts, you can get news all season. 
So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. So we're talking Orioles. We are talking White Sox. O's take three out of four in the series to get to 34 and 30 on the season. And, you know, I talked about guys who really stepped up this weekend for the Orioles, but some guys who've been slept on this year, I feel like, are two middle relievers for the O's. And each of them pitched well this weekend, helping the O's to wins. And they're just not getting enough credit for how good this Oriole bullpen has been. Those two guys are Joey Crable and Brian Baker. So let's start with Joey Crable because he had the most impressive relief outing of the weekend. Came into the game on Friday after Austin Voth, who did a solid job again. I mean, Voth pitched three innings, allowing one run in the start on Thursday. Kind of got thrown into it again when Kyle Bradish got placed on the injured list. And Brandon Hyde did say that Austin Voth is going to stay in the rotation. He's going to start uh, this week in Seattle, and he's going to stay there basically until maybe Zimmerman comes back or maybe Bradish comes off the IL and they have to make another decision. And Voth was a starter with the Nationals, so he'll continue to get stretched out. I would expect him to go maybe four innings in Seattle and stretch him out to five and maybe six because he's been relieving for a while now. But Crable comes in and basically becomes the long man in that bullpen game on Friday night. Two and a third perfect innings from Joey Crable. Three strikeouts, he gets five whiffs, and those five whiffs, most of them on that changeup. And that changeup has just been why Joey Crable is so, so good this year. And he's one of the players in terms of injury-wise that the Orioles have missed the most. You know, he missed just over two weeks with uh, that shoulder issue that put him on the injured list, just returned last week from the injury. The Orioles really missed him over that stretch. And now that he's back, he's a huge part of this pen because you don't see Crable pitch in the ninth. You don't really see him pitch in the eighth. You know, that job is Lopez and Bautista and Perez, you know, get, get those roles most of the time. But Crable is just this huge kind of connector in the middle of the game as a middle reliever. And this season, dominance really. 24 appearances out of the Oriole bullpen. Crable has a 2.42 ERA. In 26 innings, he's allowed just 18 hits. He struck out 20, and he's walked eight. He's allowed three home runs on the year. But Crable, three appearances before the injury, three appearances after the injury, six straight scoreless appearances for Joey Crable, combining for six and a third innings, three hits, of course, no runs, seven Ks, and just one walk in that stretch. I mean, the stuff is dominant. And you, you kind of look at him, and you see the fastball. It's in the low 90s, and you know you see some, some good off speeds. But you think, you know, what? makes this guy so good. And really, the question we asked about Cole Sulser the last couple of years, why did the Rays give up on him? Now, the answer is he was a little older. The Rays have a million guys that are good relievers. They have a million guys they have to get on their 40-man roster. So the Rays have 40-man roster casualties each year. Cole Sulser was that, you know, in 2020. Joey Crable was that last year when the Orioles claimed Crable off waivers from the Rays last September. But both guys have been to the Orioles game. Salser was so good for the O's, and they trade him to the Marlins before the season starts. And now Joey Crable is becoming a lockdown middle relief guy. I mean, he's one of the best middle relievers in baseball so far this year. And the pitch is the changeup. I mean, he's got he's got a top 10 changeup in baseball right now. I mean, there's a strong argument to be made. He's got a top 10 changeup in baseball. That's, that's pretty wild to say for a guy like Joey Crable. He throws it 38% of the time, which first of all is interesting because it's his most used pitch. He throws his changeup more than he throws his fastball. 38% of the time, opponents are hitting 083 
against his changeup. And it's not like he's throwing the pitch, you know, once or twice a game. It's his most used pitch, and they're hitting 083 against it. This is what more pitchers are doing in this era of baseball. If you have an off-speed pitch or a breaking ball that is that effective, just throw it more. You don't always have to have your fastball be your most used pitch. You can throw sliders, you can throw changeups, you can throw curveballs more than fastballs. Crable's doing it, and it's working. It's got a 30% whiff rate on that changeup, 083 batting average against. Average exit velocity is 79.6 miles per hour against that changeup. It's basically like a slow ground ball or a pop-up, and the average launch angle is negative 8 degrees, which basically means he's getting a routine grounder pretty much every time they make contact with the changeup. And then the other times, oh yeah, they're swinging and missing. It's it's an elite pitch, similar to Cole Solcer's elite changeup. Joey Crable's got an elite changeup. And the big thing is, you know, he's got that elite changeup and he's a good reliever, but the length he brings. He gets two and a third inning, seven outs in a bullpen game. We saw him earlier this year, I mean, basically play Superman. You know, we were talking about Spencer Watkins earlier in this episode. The game where Spencer Watkins got injured, was hit with a line drive against the Rays, and left the game without recording an out in the first inning. Joey Crable came in and went three innings out of the bullpen to save the pen, and the O's won that bullpen game somehow against the Rays. So the length he brings plus that changeup, O's got to hold on to him. They got a really good waiver claim, it seems, and he was good this weekend. And then the other guy I wanted to mention is Brian Baker, who, granted, he has not had nearly as good a season as Joey Crable has, but he shined this weekend. He had two straight scoreless appearances. Friday night, he came in after Crable, He got all four batters out that he faced with a strikeout. Got a couple of whiffs. Wasn't super dominant, but got his outs. Came right back into the game on Saturday. Pitched a scoreless inning in that Orioles win as well. So two and a third inning scoreless also for Baker over the weekend. And now Baker's been a little different because he's been very up and down. Crable really hasn't had many bad appearances at all. Baker's had a couple of bad ones, but he's usually followed them up with some good ones as well. Brian Baker on the year, 28 appearances, two starts, a 5-1-6 ERA, 29 and two-thirds innings, 31 hits, but 27 strikeouts, 11 walks, and just one home run allowed by Baker this year. And he's been good lately, just like Crable. His last four appearances, five and two-thirds innings, one run, two hits, four Ks, and two walks for Brian Baker. And now three of those four appearances have been perfect. The other one, he, he gave up a run. But those four appearances have each come after his worst outing of the year where he didn't get an out and allowed two runs five appearances ago. But the reason I want to talk about Brian Baker is just, he's been kind of volatile. Yes, he's had some bad appearances, but also he's twice started a bullpen game and pitched into the third inning, pitched well, and helped the Orioles win a bullpen game against a good team two times this year. Just like Crable, he gives length, you know, multiple times. He's gone more than two innings as a reliever. That is huge, especially on this Orioles team, like we talked about earlier in the episode that is starving for starting pitching right now and is celebrating when they get five innings out of Spencer Watkins and honestly is happy when they get three strong innings out of Austin Voth like they did on Friday. If you can go to Crable and you can go to Baker, you can get through the middle of a game and get it to Lopez and Bautista to get everybody out like they've done all season. But for Brian Baker, his pitch is the four-seam fastball. Throws it 58% of the time, about 95 miles per hour he averages. And it's got a 212 batting average against, you know, 27% whiff rate. Guys really aren't hitting that pitch hard at all. The issue with Brian Baker is his number two pitch is his cutter, which is 
a 410 batting average against it, 538 slugging against it. He throws it 29% of the time, and guys are hitting 400, over 400 against that cutter. But the issue is, his third pitch is his changeup, which he really liked last year in AAA with the Blue Jays. He just does not have that changeup command right now. I think he threw two changeups in the game on Saturday. Both of them floated way over the strike zone, and he had no command on him, and he just got rid of it and said, I'm cutter fastball for the rest of the day. He's getting through innings, but he can find that changeup. If he can find the changeup command, he can lessen the cutter usage, bring up the changeup usage with the good four-seamer. He's going to get his numbers closer to Crable, and the Orioles' bullpen's going to get even better. But just wanted to shout out those two guys because been a little overlooked this year, but really, really good stuff from those two new righties, both waiver claims out of the Oriole bullpen. And that's what made this weekend so cool. I mean, Friday night, you know, my favorite stat of the weekend that I that I tweeted out, all five pitchers that were used in Friday night's game, all waiver claims by the Orioles. Austin Voth, Joey Crable, Brian Baker, CNL Perez, and Jorge Lopez combined to take down the White Sox 4-1. to one. They allowed just one hit as a staff in that 4-1 win, those five waiver claim pitchers. And a year ago, three of them were in AAA. And the O's found all these guys on waivers and put together a one-hitter to beat the White Sox on the road. Fun weekend of baseball for the Orioles. Listen, they're not they're not a playoff team yet. They're not going to finish over 500, but they are way more fun, way more fun. And we're starting to see positives from this Orioles rebuild. But the O's do win it. Three out of four over the weekend. Next up, to the West Coast quickly for three games in Seattle with the Mariners starting tonight at 10-10 Eastern time. Now, a little bit of a change on the podcast for the next two days. Not exactly sure how the schedule of the pod is going to work out, but it looks like there's a good chance that you're not going to get the podcast at the usual, you know, 5 a.m. Eastern time posted on audio and then around 8 a.m. on YouTube. Podcast is going to come in a little bit later on Tuesday and on Wednesday just because the Orioles play the 10 o'clock games. I'll want to get you the game recaps, but they're going to come a little later in the day. And then on Thursday, we'll be right back to our regular schedule. Here's we are podcasting from the road this week, so a little bit of changes. Just bear with me. Still getting you five episodes here on the pod, including tomorrow when I'll be recapping the first game of the series between the Orioles and the Mariners. And then I'll be taking a look at the Orioles' all-star game chances. Who could get in? Who really has a shot? Jorge Lopez, Austin Hayes, Trey Mancini, maybe others. I'll do a deep dive into that coming up on tomorrow's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.